Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the podcast about jujitsu and life on and off the mat. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Brassy Broad Jen. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu purple belt obsessed with jujitsu. And you can find me at AJ Klingerman pretty much everywhere you look Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. And you can also find us together at Beauty and the Gee podcast on Instagram and on our Beauty and the Gee YouTube channel, where not only can you find the podcast, you can also find videos that AJ's making. <laughs> that's right. I have a couple to upload, actually. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm going to get them on there. Sweet. All right. So I'm very excited about this episode because it feels kind of like a continuation of what we were talking about in the last episode about resetting and starting with good habits now that a lot of us have been able to get back on the mat. So in this episode, we are talking about micro drills and body awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been focusing a lot. Like I've said that our theme uh, coming back from being, you know, at home forever, that our theme was finding your jujitsu, right? Like mm-hmm. you just have to find your jujitsu again. I, we all kind of lost it. We just have to regain it. And I think a big part of that is micro drills. So I'm really big on the micro drills just to make them become muscle memory. Just, and what I'm talking about is like just the little things that you do over and over. So, like, one of my absolute favorites that I make people drill a lot. Is like if you're in combat mount or um, there's a lot of names for that mount. It's like technical mount, double attack. There's so many names for it. But uh, the kind of mount where they're up on their side, basically. And so one of my favorite micro drills is just that opening of the gi and passing it to the other hand. So doing that. And I'll make people do it like 50 times. Just pass, pass, pass. Because I want, when you get to that position, you automatically put your hands there without even thinking. Like I want that muscle memory attached to it. I think yesterday was actually one of my favorite classes ever. Nice. Well, because what was so nice about it, so we were doing micro drills on just grip fighting. But what was so cool about it was that you took all of the thinking out of it. I wasn't like, oh, what do I do next? Right. It was getting so drilled into me that if this happens, this is how I react. And I don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's really what it needs to be. So like one of the micro drills we were doing yesterday is like as they reach out for you, kind of like waving their arm off, just that little that little wave with the wrist. And I was telling you guys, like the first time I realized that that was like an innate thing for me, um, I was teaching a self-defense seminar. And I'm supposed to be letting the person grab me so that I can show the wrist break. But every time she reached out to grab me, I'd wave her wrist off. (laughs) That's not what's supposed to happen here. I'm supposed to allow her to do it so that I can break it. But, you know, like that's the point, like that it just as soon as they reach out and grab you, do it. James has been like kind of attacking me just outside playing. And every time he reaches out for me, I, you know, I do that wave and I like arm drag him. And he's Uh like, where is this when you're competing? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But you know, like I'll be there now. Right, right. I just want it to be so innate. Monday night in our women's class, a lot of the women were like, Risser arm dragged me a million times. (laughs) And like, why do you think that happens? Why? And you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want them to say because I'm doing this or because I'm not doing this. 
it's because she drills it constantly, even mm-hmm. when we're doing solo drills or we're doing um, stance in motion for wrestling. You know, while she's doing it, she's doing that arm drag over and over. So mm-hmm. being able to even picture yourself and by yourself with your imaginary friend doing those <laughs> micro drills can help. Oh, definitely. What's another one? So we talked about grip fighting. We talked about from combat mount. What's another favorite that you have? Even just like, okay, think like from mount, like getting into combat mount or taking an arm bar. So just like that grip for the arm and pulling it up and bringing your knee up. Honestly, every piece of a move can basically be micro drilled. Mm -hmm. Um, Last night we were working lasso and we just kept setting up the lasso and then I, you know, let it go, set up the lasso on the other side. Like, but just getting that, you know, leg around, leg around, leg around, leg around over and over. Like we weren't even finishing a lasso move or doing a lasso move at all at that point. We were just drilling over and over that that leg goes outside and around because a lot of times when people try to do lasso, they try to do it backwards. Just, Uh you know, not sure, (laughs) Um, not having that muscle memory attached. So we drilled lasso over and over and over, just setting it up. One of the other things that you mentioned during class was practicing with dynamic movement. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, too. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was something that Rissa brought up Monday was uh, doing dynamic moves dynamically. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> right? <laughs> the best thing I can say, like, so grip fighting. Mm-hmm. Let's back up. Drills across the floor or solo drills or whatever. Some of the things, like if anybody's ever joined our Zoom class um, that we do the solo drills, I try to do some stand-up stuff. I do level changes and down blocks and that type of stuff. Well, I'm trying to explain for the audience that might not have done those things. Level changes, you're basically standing in your wrestling stance and you're touching the floor with your backhand. And we kind of get in the habit of just like squat and touch, squat and touch, like this nice gentle. (laughs) The purpose of a level change is to fake you out. It's like a juke, right? Like I'm like, like, (laughs) and it makes you react like because you think I'm going for your legs. So when I take that level change in drilling, I need to do it dynamically And why it got called out was because Mariah was grip fighting with somebody and I saw her just squat down and touch the ground. (laughs) I was like, I don't think she thought you were going to take her down in that moment. (laughs) I don't I don't think she was afraid of it. Um, So making sure that like you're really, you know, doing that part dynamically. Same with the down blocks. So the idea of a down block, I'm in my wrestling stance. I'm replacing my front foot with my front hand and I'm kicking that foot back as if somebody's going for a single leg on my front leg and I'm kicking it like I'm hardcore donkey kicking it behind me to keep them from getting it. So that can't be just like a RDL little (laughs) kickback. It needs to be a fast kick because somebody's trying to attack me. So even when I'm by myself, I have to think of it in that dynamic motion so that when somebody really does go for it, I'm not just like, boop. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and my different sound effects. (laughs) You know what? I like that. It's really adding a lot to the audio experience. Exactly. Listeners. Well, that's that's how you have to do it when it's, you know, just audio. You have to give sound effects for people, right? <laughs> that's one of the things that I love about your class is there's always sound effects, too, during the movement. And I feel like that, like thinking swoosh or whatever that right. is. Yep. I really feel like that's one of those little added things that also helps cement 
that movement. Yeah. And I I always say like all movements are better with sound effects. Like just having that. Truly. I literally cannot throw a frisbee without making a sound. Like I try <laughs> so hard and I'm like, I'm going to be quiet this time. And it's still like whoosh. I don't even know what sound I make until I'm throwing the frisbee. It's the same one every time, but I can't do it unless I'm throwing it. Um, but I can't do it without the sound effect. <laughs> and I've had girls ask me before. I'm sure dudes too, but how to get away from that from a competition standpoint. And Mm -hmm. I've never made a sound in competition. So yeah, not, not like a sound effect sound, I guess. (laughs) I'm sure I made lots of sounds. Um, It just goes away. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, more the mouthpiece standpoint or the nerves or who knows, but I don't make sound effects um, for my moves in tournaments. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Recapping, though, the idea here is that you do dynamic moves dynamically. You sound a lot like my college piano professor. Yeah, how? Well, because she was like, you practice it like you're going to play it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to the point where there there's a, there was a fine line, I think, in music where it's like, don't rely on that muscle memory. I mean, you've got to have it, but don't rely on it because it will leave you at some point. And it didn't happen to me until years later when I was at a gig, (gasps) like a big gig. Yeah. And I forgot a song. The intro in front of, oh, I don't know, a thousand people. It was was awesome. It felt really good. Yeah. Um, But I was like, oh, God, she was right. (laughs) (laughs) Dang her. (laughs) Yeah. So what did you do? What did you do when you forgot? My lead singer stalled for time. Good. Gave me a little bit of a hard time, good-naturedly. And uh, it was interesting because she just kind of started it up. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as I was into it, it came right back. Nice. And then I was fine the rest of the night. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. And I didn't get fired. That's good. That's (laughs) even better. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So kind of talking about like doing dynamic moves dynamically, I want to back up to when you're first learning a move, first drilling a move, even if it's like a pass or a sweep or something that would normally be a dynamic move. When you're starting, I would rather you do it slow. I would rather you break it down and check each part, you know, like, okay, I'm on my hip. Okay, I have them loaded, whatever that looks like, and do it slowly first And then speed it up as you start to get it. So I don't want you to think that um, just because I want you to do a dynamic move quickly means that I don't want you to break it down and get it correctly first. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we're drilling things, like if it's for time, I put two minutes on the clock. The last 30, I'll have you go fast. So the first minute and a half, I just want you to like really get it. Make sure you're doing every part of it correctly. And then the last 30 seconds, it's like fast, 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 fast. Like pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. (laughs) And I'm basically yelling at you the full 30 seconds. Um, And then I don't care if it's accurate. I want it to be fast. So, So that you kind of get both sides of that. But I want to make sure that everyone understands that just because I want you to do do a dynamic move dynamically doesn't mean I don't want you to get it correct first. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that I thought was helpful yesterday is because, you know, we were doing 30 of those drills at Mm -hmm. a time. Yep. And then 
you know, by the time 27, 28 comes around, you're exhausted. And I think even working through that and doing it when you're tired yep, and you're on, on the edge of exhaustion was also really helpful because in that point, since we're drilling it, I'm much more aware of when it's starting to get maybe a little lazy or not as strong or not as dynamic. Yeah. We have to think like the likelihood of you competing under perfect circumstances are, you know, I mean, either you're going to be exhausted because maybe you were up all night the night before nervous, or maybe Mm -hmm. you got up really early to drive far away to a competition or, you know, whatever it is. Um, Or you're going to be, you know, nervous. You're not going to feel well. Like there's, you know, there's all types of things if you go into a tournament just feeling on point, that's amazing. It's not yeah. likely, though. So we have to figure out how we can train through those things. So like Friday, even though at our school we're still doing the the social distancing, people still have to sign up for classes. They're still in their triangles or their X's or whichever class it is. We're still doing all of that. Mm-hmm. But we have you know a small group that's getting together that's like competition training. And everyone, you know, has okayed it basically, right? So Friday when we were getting together for that, I was very panicky. I don't know why. My anxiety level was just through the roof. Really? Oh, it was so bad. And like I said, I can't even pinpoint why. But from the first person, I was like, I am 100% going to cry during this class. (laughs) (laughs) I know that I am. And I didn't actually. I didn't shed any tears. But um, it... I just knew that like this is often how I feel when I'm competing. So, you know, I just have to get through this. I just have to go. What I found interesting was at the start of every round, my anxiety was super high. As we progressed through the round, I would get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And then when the bell would go off and during that rest minute, my anxiety would start to raise again. So it was really interesting that it was like the off times that I was getting worse. Yeah, because typically, like, if I'm like that, once I've done a round or two, like, it starts to get better. I did not get better. <laughs> it didn't get better at any point. Even after class, I was still, like, feeling like I just wanted to cry. Like, I just felt really, really anxious. But that's how I might be when I compete. So I just have to know that I can push through it and and work through it. So one of the things that also came up yesterday was... I'm so glad that we plan our episodes out so far in advance. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes we do. And sometimes Sometimes it's just whatever is happening in the time. It just it just happened to work out yesterday. Uh, One of the things that we were also talking about that came up was body awareness. So like where you are within that drill and where your partner is as well. Yeah, I guess I was just very prolific yesterday. Like I made an you really impact were. on you <laughs> and you're yeah, like, this is really the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because I'm sure I'm not the only, you know, one that still struggles with, oh, God, I get out there and I just overthink everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this just really made it a little less thinking. Good, good. So the body awareness thing. This is talking from the standpoint of knowing where your body is and knowing where your partner or opponent's body is in uh, relation to that. And it's funny how it gets better as you go. Yeah. So the example that I'll use happened Monday night. Two girls were drilling. We were drilling arm bars from guard. Uh, One girl is brand new. Um, She started 
basically right before the shutdown. And then, you know, so she's been doing the Zoom classes, back in class now, like just still pretty new, though. Mm -hmm. The other girl is still a white belt, but has some stripes on her belt, does really well, competes well. And I did not hear their conversation. They were drilling. I'm trying not to use their names so I don't like embarrass either of them. But so they're drilling the arm bars and the one girl that's getting arm barred says, mm-hmm. don't crush her ankles. And the girl doing the move was like, I didn't. And I didn't hear that. I walk up and I was like, hey, don't crush your ankles. <laughs> they both laughed. And like the idea here is that even with her head down, she could not see the legs on her. The advanced girl could feel that the other girl's legs were crossed. Mm -hmm. That's really good body awareness on her point, right? Yeah. Just being able to feel the difference between two legs heavy on you, which is the reason, right? Like we don't cross our ankles in that arm bar because we want two legs heavy on either side, like on your head, on your back, breaking you down. Part of the way out of that is to like sit up. So if it's crossed, you can't be as heavy. Um, So like that, that sitting up is a lot easier. So really good body awareness from the person who's been doing jujitsu a little while. Yeah. The other person didn't even realize her own ankles were crossed. And that's, that's super normal. Like I, I that's why, like, I don't want to say her name cause I don't want to call her out, but like, that's very normal for people to like, I don't think I did that. I'll, I even do it sometimes. Like, did you just put your hand here instead, like, oh, I think I did do, you know, like, like yeah. you don't even realize you did it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's nothing against her. It's just like when you first start, it's really hard to have body awareness of yourself and even harder to have it of the of your partner. Yeah, that's still a big struggle for me. Well, and it'll help like as you start doing that, even knowing what happened in a role. Mm-hmm. So like being able to, you know, how'd you get taken down? Yeah. If you don't have that, that body awareness, that ability to recall that, you don't know. So then you don't know why did you get taken down? Well, my head was too far over my toes or I was standing up too straight or, you know, whatever. That's when you start being able to recognize that stuff that, you know, your head down, butt up, you know, like there's a lot of moves where I feel like I'm yelling head up, butt down, head up, butt down. And like all of my women want to put their butts in the air instead. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's, it's that body awareness and being able to recognize that I'm talking to you, you're the one with your butt up in the air, put it down. It's very helpful. It'll help a lot in jujitsu when you start to have body awareness of yourself. And then Mm -hmm. it's a whole nother level and you can start having it of your opponent too. Yeah, I am really looking forward to that glorious day. (laughs) Just, Just start it bit by bit. Like sometimes even like I'm talking in my head as we're doing things, like, you know, as we're rolling, I'm like, oh, she's putting her foot here like I'm trying to recognize that so that I know okay how do I react to that every time she puts her foot here I get swept okay Mm -hmm. I can't let her put her foot there you know like because I hear over and over again or I say over and over again I'm sweeping you like that every time yeah do you realize what's happening to make you sweep to make me sweep you like that every single time right like if you don't have any body awareness you have no idea right (laughs) yeah yeah Just starting to recognize it. Talk it through in your head. That's good. 
Okay, well, let's go into on and off the mat tips for this episode. I'm going to start with off the mat. And I really want to take this idea of these micro drills into things that I'm doing in my life and in my business, just so I don't have to think about it so much. For example, I have sales calls that I have to make later this week. I'm like, oh, maybe I should like actually practice that and drill that and make Beth sit through my, <laughs> be my practice mate for that. Yeah. She's going to have a lot of fun this week. But it's just another one of those places where it's funny because I always feel like jujitsu is just like on the mat is the physical manifestation of all the stuff that I need to work on, like off the mat and in my head. And, you know, there's... I have lots of places to practice this off the mat. That's great. I love that. I love that. And what about on the mat this week? All right. So on the mat. So I'm the kind of person that when I find something I like, I want a million of that thing. (laughs) For example, (laughs) I now have five of the singlets that we've recommended before, which aren't really singlets. They're bathing suits. Uh Um, But uh, like, And I've recommended them so much just in the last week, like on every possible like Women's Grappling Network and the Mighty Dames and like all of those. Like I'm like, oh, you need a singlet. I love it. Did you? I love it so much. I just feel so much better. Like not worrying about whether my even just my low back or my underwear or Mm -hmm. anything are hanging out. Like it just I feel so comfortable. And I think it'll be better if I ever need to cut weight or be, you know, like if I'm right at the top of the weight class, because my spats probably weigh more because they're more material. So anyways, side tangent. Um, But I'm the person that like I have three of the black Fuji Sakai geese because that's my favorite one. (laughs) And now I have three of what my on the mat recommendation is. So my on the mat recommendation is to try out Fuji's baseline women's grappling shorts. So I've never really liked any grappling shorts. I'm I just I haven't found any before these that I liked. They were always too tight in the hips or, you know, didn't tie or were too long or, you know, like I just didn't like them. Mm-hmm. I got these with my sponsorship package back in the first quarter of this year and I love them. I will say I I mean I'm a big booty girl, but I think maybe <laughs> they run a little small so like I first I got I got a large and an extra large when I first got them and um, primarily wore the extra large. So I've dropped some weight now. So the large fit as well, like they fit Mm -hmm. to where I'll at least wear them. But I still probably prefer the roomier ones. So they do run a little small, I think. But they're very comfortable. Like they're they're not too tight on my hips. They tie so they stay in place. Um, So like if I don't have a singlet clean, I feel very comfortable with these on and we call them modesty shorts at (laughs) at the school because I'll like put them over my spats so I'm not just wearing my spats and like feel so exposed (laughs) so if you need a good pair of modesty shorts I recommend those where can we go to get those exactly it's like fujisports.com or whatever and uh you can use my code so like because of role model camp and because I'm a sponsored athlete the code is role model 10 and you get 10% off or you can contact me. And, you know, if you're especially if you're local to me, then I can get them in for you. Probably a little cheaper. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, I know it's on my shopping list now. (laughs) Also, if you have not registered for camp yet, get registered for role model camp. It is right around the corner where we we probably could fit about another 50 people in. uh, But we're we're getting there like we're we're 
we're starting to fill up. Um, we've got a ton of registrations just in the last week. So I'm really so freaking excited. And we're just a few weeks out. So get registered. What about hotel rooms? Did I see that the hotel was getting booked? Yep. So it's completely booked up right now for Thursday night. But I have a uh, email into them to ask for more rooms for Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we still have some rooms available. And then there are women who are looking for roommates. So if you want to like bunk with anyone, um, I would post on the the role model group page um, and just see if somebody wants to bunk. That's how most of the girls have hooked up. And which is a really cool thing. Like if you're coming yeah. by yourself and you can bunk with another girl from another you know, state or whatever, like what a great way to get to know somebody. I think it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Me, too. Can't wait. And I'm staying Thursday through Monday, (laughs) even though I live where, you know, in the same city. But it'll just, you know, I want to be there with everyone the whole time. And it'll be nice, like, if I decide I need a nap or something that I can just sneak up to my room. (laughs) I can take a shower. That'll be the best part. Like, after morning session, I can shower before afternoon session. Like, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so much to look forward to. I know. And I I haven't told any of the guests yet, but we're actually going to be supplying quite a bit of the food during camp. So I think we're doing breakfast both days and uh, some treats for the party. So nice. So yeah. you heard it here, friends. Heard this it is here why first. you listen to Beauty and the Geek. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to connect with us on social media. And more importantly, share this with a friend that you think needs to hear it. And you can find us on our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places where you get your podcasts. Everywhere you want to (laughs) be. That's right. And we will see you on on the the mat. I almost forgot that part. Beauty and the Gee is a production of the Brassy Broadcasting Company.